Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday. It is or it was pouring rain down here in the West Loop, but we're inside. We're cool. The air conditioning is working-ish. So, yeah, uh, yeah. happy to be here. We got some stuff to get today. We got to wrap up uh, our leftover mailbag questions. Boy, we had a ton yesterday. So we're going to get to all the questions that were sent in. Uh, a little bit of a news broke, not really as it pertains to the Hawks, but we found out that Milan Lucic and the Hawks were um, negotiating and talking before he ultimately signed up uh, with the Bruins. We're going to get to that. But before we do, make sure you smash that like button on YouTube for us. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Also, if you're a podcast listener, make sure you are following or subscribed there too. We're going to tell you later on in the show about some great events we have coming up very, very soon. You're going to want to be a part of the CHGO Kickoff Classic Golf Outing and the CHGO Crosstown Series Takeovers. We'll tell you about those later in the show. But first, fellas, I was uh, perusing the internet late at night, as one does, mm. and I saw a quote from the Drop in the Gloves podcast Twitter account which is John Scott's, um, that is his podcast. Usually when you drop in a, a tweet or a link from John Scott's podcast to our text chain, it's usually rage bait for us. Yeah. But this one actually was a little bit interesting. Yeah. yeah it did induce a little bit of rage, though. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I like, by the way, I like John Scott, for the record. Did a couple events with him, and he was a super, super John nice John Scott's guy. a great guy. I just don't agree with most of his hockey thoughts. Yeah, well. You can you can like someone and disagree with them in the same. It's, it's, no, that's it's, not possible. It's legal. No. You, no, can, you can actually do it. Absolutely not. In this day and age. You can't. Um, so, Lucic was on. He was a guest. And uh, right off the bat, they got right into, you know, how many teams were interested. And Lucic actually took some time out to isolate on the Hawks. And he said, quote, one of the teams I talked to the most was the Chicago Blackhawks. I talked to them a lot. They were one of the first teams, if not the first team to reach out. It's a great city, original six team. That's something that gravitated me towards going to a place like that, getting the chance to play for an original six team again. That's why I had some lengthy conversations with Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson. I went with my heart and where it all started and wanted to go back to being a Boston Bruin again. So it's interesting as we were kind of evaluating where the Hawks were going to go this offseason. And, you know, we heard about speed and how if you can't skate, you're not a Blackhawk. But it sounds like Milan Lucic is one of the guys the Hawks were were looking at. And it kind of makes me think about kyle davidson's philosophy in general right like would this be just another stopgap kind of a guy like Corey perry ended up being and nick felino ended up being and ryan donato ended up being all those guys in my mind are better players at this point in their careers than milan lucic is i wonder if lucic would have prevented the perry thing from happening i don't really know i know that happened before free agency but they probably had a pretty good indication of what was going to happen with lucic um it's just interesting i Maybe he was just another short-term guy, but it does feel like, at the very least, Davidson and his staff believe that there is a little bit of protection needed for your young stars. And, of course, Connor Bedard at the top of the list. Yeah, they definitely need some people to keep the flies off, uh, as the old hockey term goes. Um, So I'm hoping it was Milan Lucic or Corey Perry. Like, yeah. They were just my hope too. keeping the, the uh, and I really hope that the $4 million that they gave the Corey Perry was not offered to <laughs> Milan Lucic because that, I mean, Corey Perry has more 
in, left in the tank to me than Milan Lucic. He's always been the better player and still the better player, even as they're both heading into the twilight of their careers. But Corey Perry, his first year in Tampa, so we're talking the 2021 20, season, 19 goals, 40 points, yeah. playing bottom six minutes, still productive. Milan Lucic hasn't scored over 10 goals in a season since 2016, 2017. It's been a while. And he's, he hasn't eclipsed th- 23 points since that season either. He's bad his, and is a plug. Uh, yeah, I think, I think his skills peaked very early, and then the only thing that's kind of kept him going is the fact that he's a monstrous yeah. physical and will, will punch you. Yeah, but you could get guys like that that could also— Get a lot of guys like that. But you could also find a few guys like that that may actually, like, score a goal every once right, in a while. Right, yeah. So I'm guessing the $4 million was not offered to Lucic because why would he take a million to go back to Boston? I mean, even—granted, yes, it's the—that's where he played. He won a Stanley Cup there. They love him there. But come on. Why would you say yeah. no to four million and take one million? Well, I mean, yeah. and like you said, Corey Perry, if if you're if that's what you were going for is a guy like that, he's much more valuable simply because he can you could put him on the power play. Yeah. And he can do something. Half his points last year came on the power play. He had uh twelve goals total, six uh power play goals, uh assists he had thirteen total, and he had six assists on the power play. So he could still shoot. He could still shoot, he can still get in front of the net, he's still willing to deflect pucks and pay the price in front like that makes him just that alone mm-hmm. a more valuable asset than Lucic would have been. Yeah, I mean the the role that I think that they're that they both would have been brought here to to fill is you know some some protection in the lineup. Um I think Corey Perry can can do that like you said Greg like he can do that and a little bit more uh compared to Milan Lucic. I really I really do hope it was a choice between the two of them yeah. uh, from, from, from Kyle Davidson. And when you look at it here, um, this information from, from Hockey Reference, Corey Perry and Milan Lucic, 2019-2020 to, to this past season. So like the last four seasons combined. Other than games played in every category, Corey Perry has the advantage. Goals, assists, points, plus minus, penalty minutes, power play goals, game-winning goals, shots on goals, and point share per game like it's it's the the choice of who can we who can we fill this role and also get something out of and likely also flip at you're not flipping milan lucic at the deadline no you're not because no one's fortifying your playoff roster with him no No, somebody would have traded for him last deadline right and and if if a team is feeling like they're they need to push into the playoffs and they're a milan lucic away I, I, what team is that ever in history? That's never happened. You know what I that's mean? Never ha- There's never like, been a team that says, we need a guy who's going no. to get into a fight in the playoffs. Yeah. We don't need 2011 that. 2011 Milan Lucic. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Not 2023 Milan Lucic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Corey Perry is that guy that can be flippable. And he's a, Lucic is a name that we've mentioned on the show before, but that was in the context of somebody needs to move a big salary ahead of the deadline. Yeah then the Hawks can can take that on, right? right. And that was to, to get him away from a contending team so yes. they could spend money more. Right, you know, and that also involved the smarter. Hawks getting another asset. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we'll take Milan Lucci's salary cap hit off your hands, but you got to give us a second-round pick or right. something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was either or. Bless you. It was either Corey Perry or Milan Lucci, so they were just, you know, 
making sure they had all their bases covered, not not relying on the fact that Corey Perry, you know, was going to sign here, making sure they had a backup plan. Uh, and if Lucic is saying that he had conversations with Luke Richardson as well, you know, that's it. It sounds like Luke Richardson has become a very good recruiting tool already. Yeah. Like it, it was one of the reasons Max Domi signed here last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the reasons Corey Perry decided to sign here this year. I mean, there were 4 million other reasons he's, to sign here, but he's got a history with the Felino family. Yeah. So, you know, there's, and it also tells me that Kyle Davidson is also listening to what Luke, Richardson wants on this roster. Corey mm-hmm. Perry is a Luke Richardson guy. Jared Tenorti is a Luke Richardson guy. So it having if this partnership is going to last for a long time and Luke Richardson truly is the coach for beyond the rebuild and to lead this team back to Stanley Cup contention, which after one season I have no reason to doubt that. It also helps that the GM and the coach work hand in hand they're, they share the vision. Kyle Davidson can say, yeah, okay, who do you want on this team? What are we missing? And he goes out and gets it because, as we know, in the last Stanley Cup run, there was a lot of butting heads between GM and head coach. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a specific type of player the GM wanted. There was a specific type of player the, the coach wanted, and they never seemed to meet in the middle very often. But when they did, it was kind of like – condescending and <laughs> and you know it was just th- was those two didn't if there were if they weren't winning Stanley Cups that relationship would have ended a long time yeah, before yeah. That. I mean yeah. that's the uh, Dale Weiss uh, for Philip Deneau trade mm-hmm. oh, that's worst what that, trade that's ever. Q wanted veteran grit and they they got it and Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman and yeah they got veterans something that rhymes with grit but it was, yeah, it was <laughs> awful so like I have full trust in Luke Richardson based on what he did last year but I do think it's interesting. Like, there is that fine line of giving the coach too much of what they want because, and I don't think Luke is some old school meathead by any means, but the n- names we've seen him, Lucic, Perry, in two, three years when it's time to win again, I don't want roster spots taken up by guys like that. No. So that's kind of what I'm saying is, is Luke and or Kyle looking at a, comp- a competing roster is something that needs to have a guy like that on it. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. We don't know the answer to that. It's hard to really make that decision based on this team or last year's team. But, you know, the fact that he was after Lucic, the fact that he got Perry, it, it shows that there, that he does have at least a little bit of, of space for that on his roster. Yeah. So we'll see if it's something they do moving forward. I think based on the prospects that we have coming up, you may need a, a guy like that, but you might not. You're not going to need a lot, ton of it. I mean, you still need a bigger guy, a guy that can, you know, be physical. But you don't need an entire bottom six of those guys. No, no, one or two of those guys. And based on some of the prospects they got coming up, they still may need it. You know, guys like Frank Nazar and, and Aiden Thompson and, and Oliver Moore. They're 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 speed skill guys. Mm-hmm. Not saying that those guys won't mix it up when they have to, but that's not where they excel. But you do have guys like uh, your guy Sam Samuel uh, Savoy coming yeah. up. Savoy, he's coming up. 
he's definitely a, a agitator. Yep. You know, I think not big, but an agitator. Right. He's he's your he fills your Andrew Shaw yeah. role from those teams. You got, you know, if Marcel Marcel, God, I hope he makes it to the NHL. He's, but yeah, he's a he's a big dude that big that guy. that is going to as he told us will punch people in the face. Yeah, and Milton Oskarsson's a big dude too. Yeah. Yes. I mean, neither are late round picks, of course. Yeah. So we still got our our uh, uh, Tahula guy from Finland. Yeah, Rico Rico Tahula, the six ten center. So naive. If he sucks. He could just <laughs> they could just ship him over to the Bulls. Uh, lock yeah, him, right. Yeah, pick them. up a basketball and I, they figure give him it out. Larry Markkinen's old jersey. There you go. Um, yeah, but well, I, and, and I think too, you know, as far as far as size goes, like even just this last draft class, the first, you know, well, the third pick of the class was a goalie, but first three four picks were more skill smaller guys. But then in those late rounds, you saw like Alex Ferran's a big guy. Um, you know, Martin Mysiak has got it's got good size. Um, and then you look at some of the younger guys that are coming up now, like Colton, um, Colton Dock's a big body. Ethan Del Mastro's a big body. Nolan Allen's a big like so they'll have those big body players, those those more, uh, you know, sizable guys that have that skill set along with them it's not necessarily like you're just looking for bowling balls out there like you you have some guys that can go out there put up some points play play some specific roles and also are big and can lay hits and and be physical that way i'm willing to bet colton doc has got an agitator side to him oh yeah i bet you he takes on that more of that role as he becomes a pro yeah you know we've talked about young kids in the past where like you know we've talked a lot about Mackenzie Entwistle how he completely had to change his game to survive yeah in the AHL NHL level Mm -hmm. I mean Colton Dock has got more offensive upside than Mackenzie Entwistle had at this point of his career but I could see Colton Dock kind of developing that little mean streak in him not not like going full Brad Marchant but a little bit of an edge maybe 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 that Max Domi Type player. He, he's he, he's been more of the go-to guy at at the junior level offensively, and I think adding that edge at the professional level will probably benefit him, him moving forward. Because if everybody he's, was the go-to, yeah. Because if he's if he's going to rely on just being the go-to guy, the shooter, the scorer, the offensive guy, I don't know if he's got that that tier of skill to where that's on, that's the only thing that can right. carry him forward. I think he'll. He'll probably add it, and then yeah, I feel like he's kind of got a little bit of that personality where he so. can he can tap into that because that's one of those things where especially a guy like Savoie, like you you talk about with the prospect system, he fits that role. Like that role is him. That's his personality. That being an agitator, being a pest, being a guy that can try and get under an opponent's skin, you can't teach that. No. Like you can't say go out and be Brad Marchand. Like no. a player to a player that doesn't have that like ability it's not going to work you know it, it it'll only take them take themselves out of their own game yeah it's it's a personality thing yeah. you know usually those guys are pretty funny off the ice or they're quick they talk shit they're like yeah. you know, they're kind of ball like, busters like you can't you, you can't, can't make adam boquist a pest no you can't just turn a player into ryan reeves like ryan reeves is who he is right that's a good comparison by our, our friend windy city hockey colton doc reminds me of ryan hartman a little i could see that a bit like if he plays yeah. if he develops into a ryan hartman type of game i think that will suit him better going uh that will they'll help his likelihood of not only reaching the NHL, but yeah. sustaining. I feel like Ryan, even Ian Ryan Hartman as a prospect had that like mentality and that personality where I don't know if we've seen that at the prospect level yet from Doc, but maybe, yeah, maybe he could, he could add that element um, to that level. 
Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting because someone does that to emerge, and I, you know we talk about it all the time. Like something John Scott told me is at, at some point in their career, everybody in, in the NHL was the best player on their team. Yeah, and it's those guys who figure out like, all right, this is not going to be my future in the league. Like you mentioned with Mackenzie Entwistle. So if I'm going to survive here, I have to adapt. And Colton Dock is probably not a top six forward on a contender, but a guy with that sort of size, with that sort of skill set, if he's willing to add that dimension, again, it doesn't have to be pest, agitator, shit talker. It's go finish a check, mm-hmm. go win a puck in the, go win a board battle. Like go you can annoy, drive, drive the net and score off a rebound while getting cross checked in the in exactly, the ribs, yeah, you know? and being willing to play that kind of a game will go a long way. And to me, that's like if I'm if I'm going through the list of Hawks prospects, that's the guy who seems the most likely based on skill set, size, pedigree, all those things, they could take that role on. And just talking to him when we had him on the show and then uh, development camp, he seems like a pretty intelligent kid, like thoughtful. You know, I, I don't say says the right thing is the wrong thing to say, but you could tell he puts thought into his answers. Yeah, he's yeah. not just a cliche yeah. machine. So he that to me indicates like he could be a big time chirper on the ice. Yeah, he's very confident. Yeah, which that's, is great. I mean, that's what his brother lacked a little bit. Say the exact opposite of his brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, man, that's you know, you're the little brother competing against your big brother your whole life. You got to learn to survive. And you, you, um, you can't tell me as being the little brother, he wouldn't want to make it as a success here and be like, I, I made it in Chicago. What did you do? <laughs> right. You yeah. got traded. I'm. They love me here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that'll be interesting. I there's there's a lot of. Uh, I think you could also look like Ludwinski is that kind of a player. And Ryan Green is that kind of like, a, like a bigger sort of a forward. So there are options, but it's just who are going to be the guys who accept mm-hmm. that role. And I think like with Ryan Hartman, it was a good comp, but like early in his career, I think he felt like he was going to be more of a top six type. Yeah. Right. And then when he figured out he wasn't, that's when his game came around. It took like that sort of third team, second team for him to say, okay, I guess I'm not going to be a superstar in this league, but what can I do to make a name for myself and to be a difference maker? And he figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. And being on a line with Kirill Kaprizov. That helps too. That didn't hurt. Yeah, Um, that helped. That definitely padded the old stat column. Um, But yeah, there, I think going forward, there's always a spot for one, like the Milan Lucic, Corey Perry type. There's always a spot on a team, especially a contender. The key is using them in their proper role mm-hmm. like and I, I trust luke richardson will do that going forward like you know how many times do we have oh we got daniel carcillo and he's on the top line or there's brandon <laughs> bolig playing in the top six right like it's okay to have those guys when you use them put them in a position to succeed yeah. so don't have this team ready to contend for a playoff spot and bring in a Corey perry type in four years and have him play on the top line Right, put him in the bottom six. Put him in the fourth line. Your PK where he can excel, and I'm fine with all of that. Yeah, you, as as much as we talked about last season, how each player had their role, and that helped everyone kind of you know pulling the rope in this in the same direction. Um, you're gonna need that when you have a contending team. You know, you're, you're gonna need your your scorers to step up and, and produce points. And you're gonna need your you know four checkers and penalty killers to to play those roles. And, and yeah, like asking a guy who's more of a you know off you know a, a 
a fourth line player, grinder player, um, someone that's going to give you a lot of heart and soul and energy, but can't really produce. Don't expect them to play with Connor Bedard and then produce. Like we, the Blackhawks tried it with with Patrick Kane. Like, oh, just put whoever with Patrick Kane, yeah. and it'll work. It won't work. You gotta you gotta have the right chemistry and the right you know makeup of a team to find the right pieces and put them in the right place. Yep. Absolutely. All right, we got a bunch of mailbag questions to get to, and we're going to do that here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about my alma mater, Lewis University. Students are just like you with full-time jobs, families, and full-time sports fandoms. If you want to go back to school to earn a respected degree, do it at Lewis University. It's 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville and is ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening online and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. Their faculty brings real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career. And they offer career support and academic resources for adult students and, I'll say this, just sort of editorializing their alumni. I can always reach out and get help from Lewis, even, what, 20, shut up, many, many years after graduating. Uh, Lewis offers several career-focused programs that will set you up for success and uh, the grad programs are outstanding. The criminal justice, public safety, data science, computer science, that's an eight-week session. It can be completed in one year with concentrations in software engineering, AI, hmm, cybersecurity, digital forensics, enterprise, and cloud computing. And you've got your adult undergrads as well, computer science, aviation maintenance, technology certificates, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, tech programs. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. You can do this. Look good in the old red and black there, yes. Mario. I do. Red and black are good colors for me. Yes, sir. Yes. That's why I'm here. Uh, hey, speaking of college, um, beer. Yes. Beer is, is fun sometimes, uh, in moderation, of course. And what's better than just any beer? A Goose Island beer. <coughs> yes. I hope those those geese are uh, staying dry as it's pouring rain out there. But uh, CHGO is uh, proudly supported by Goose Island Beer Company as the uh, beer sponsor for us here. They have been Chicago's beer since 1988. And when we talk about roster construction and every player playing the role so that you know you can ultimately achieve your goal while well, every beer in goose island's roster plays their role you got the goose ipa the six-time medal winner at the great american beer fest which is always in style with a citrus aroma and bold hop finish you got the tropical beer hug the dry hopped imperial ipa which is a 9.9 abv that's kind of like a cory perry drink right well yes play, plays a little heavy gets the job done it's pesky Pesky. You got the full pocket pills, the everyday beer. It's what the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. And, of course, you got the 312, the golden can, the staple of the Goose Island beer roster. You can grab ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park. Or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. That's uh, in our neck of the woods. Uh, and you can get, uh, you know, all those great beers uh, from Goose Island there. Again, that is the Bru- Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. And you know you'll be able to get some great beers, some Goose Island beers, at the CHGO 
Kickoff Classic presented oh, yes. by the Big Drive Energy Podcast. That's Friday, August 25th at Cog Hill. I still can't believe they're letting us play <laughs> at Cog Hill. That is a massive mistake yes. by the people the at Cog Hill. and only time, probably. Yeah, that'll be yeah. the fir- first <laughs> and last. I can't but, wait uh, to see where it's going to be next year. <laughs> yeah, uh, join us, though. It's going to be an awesome time. Get there while you can. Again, August 25th. Uh, you can sign up as an individual, a twosome, or a foursome. Diehards, of course, you will save. If you are a diehard and you want to go to the Kickoff Classic Golf Tournament, email events at allcitynetwork.com, and they'll give you your discount code for the tournament. Your entry fee includes 18 holes, again, at Cog Hill Ooh. with a cart. Uh, exclusive pins and aces tea gift for every player. Nice. Access to limited edition pins and aces C- uh, CHGO polo. Yep. Hole contest, great giveaways and prizes for contest holes, winning teams, and the last place team. So I have a chance. Lunch, drinks, and a ceremony after the round. Oh, man. Check it out. Individual hole and tournament sponsorships are available as well. Go to allchgo.com. Go to the events tab. Click down the first option there to CHGO kickoff classic golf tournament. To find all your info and links in there, it's going to be an awesome time. So We're all going to be there. Cannot wait. Yeah, uh, and and as someone who has um, in the past looked up tea times for Cog Hill before, uh, the price of admission to this event will pay for your tea time. Everything else is gravy on top yeah. of it. it. It's it's such a, a tremendous deal uh, for for the CHGO sports fan, the Chicago sports fan in you that is also a golfer or just likes to get out on the golf course, maybe, uh, just get out in the sunshine, fresh air, have a couple goose islands, have a good time. Uh, that's basically what golf is about. It's more, it's more about having a fun time than it is actually, you know, getting the ball in the hole in as few strokes as possible. Good. Yes. Cause I'm not good. That's at that. my attitude. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's I've always said, I want to be a good enough golfer to not annoy the people I'm golfing with. Yeah. I think I'm right there. It's good. It's good. It's All good, right. Good benchmark to clear. We've got our uh, several leftover questions from yesterday's show. Yeah, we had a hefty uh, we're a little behind on our questions because we did spend the first, what, 20 minutes or so talking about the Alex Dabrinka trade. So if you're here looking for our info there, when this show's over, go back, listen to Monday's show, and you'll hear a good 20, 25 minutes on the Dabrinka trade. Mm-hmm. Um, new Detroit Red Wing, Alex Dabrinka. Ugh. Wearing number 93. Fart noises. That sounds yucky. 93. Yeah. Last worn by Johan Franzen. Yeah. Well, 12 is uh, retired. Yeah, yes. but. And 21 is used. So ninety three is that the year he was born? No, he's not no. born that year. No, no, uh, no. he was born in what ninety seven? I can't remember. To the internet. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, it's not important. He's way. Oh, no, I have he's, he's a Red Wing now. It's, yeah, he's a Red Wing. We Who cares? We don't need to worry he's about that. Nineteen ninety seven. He was born. Ninety seven. Okay, there you go. Junior year of high school. All right. Uh, you want to read the question, Sarah? We love new voices. People are sick of us. Absolutely. Nice. All right. So our first question is from Rain and is, what are each of your guys' top three favorite hockey movies? I got my three. I mean, there's only like six to choose from. Yeah, there's not a ton. <laughs> there's not a ton. It's, yeah, it's not robust, but there are some good ones out there. I think there. we can all probably say Slapshot across the board. I think Slapshot is on my is list the, is yes. the best. Okay. Yes. I just watched that the other uh, last weekend. My significant other had never seen it. We saw it on Netflix. I put it on. There you go. Um, some problematic things in it that didn't age too yeah. well, but still got... Well, yeah. It's not... Yeah. It's, not it's a movie made in the 70s. Uh, yes. And, yes. She, and my girlfriend, Stacy says, well, that really wasn't that good of a movie. I'm like, I never said it was a good movie. I just said it's got great lines. Also, it is a movie that gets better as you watch it because you... A lot of the funniest lines are little sort of nuanced things. Yeah. yeah. Like, my favorite scene in the movie is... 
the Charlestown Chiefs are at the bar and Paul Newman's just sitting there talking and some guy's like, hey, man, you got to get the power play going. And he just gives him the most dismissive, like, yeah, okay, okay, whatever you say, pal. <laughs> like, it is just, it's just so well done. It's such a small little thing in that movie. But, yeah, I think Slapshot. Also, Slapshot, like, set the table for Major League and, yeah. all, and, like, yeah. bad, and like, all those sort of slapsticky, silly sports movies. Slapshot was the first one to do it. Did, Slapshot was before Caddyshack, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and 77, yeah. yeah. And I think uh, the shock uh, Stacy had the most was like, oh, my God. Paul Newman is swearing a lot. Like, that's <laughs> oh, that's yeah. something you're used to if you've seen most of his movies. But yeah, yeah. Slapshot I, is up there. I have a question because um, I honestly don't know a lot of hockey movies, but does this count as one of my favorite hockey movies? Is the Christmas movie Jack Frost? Yeah, there's a lot is of there hockey. hockey there's, I've never seen it. I've never well, seen it. Well, it's because oh, the little boy. Hockey, yeah, yeah, and it's the dad's the snowman, and he's teaching his dad how to play hockey. Because uh, definitely it's a hockey a really, movie. Then. Yeah, and then it's the kid like for sure a hockey movie. That's de- that's then yeah. my favorite hockey movie. Okay. That's like that debate: is Happy Gilmore hockey or, or golf? It's a golf. It's a golf movie. It's a golf movie. Yeah, I, I side on golf movie. Yeah. There's a lot of hockey in it, though. All right, what about second and third? My second is very easy. I love Young Blood. Young Blood is great. Rob Lowe, it, it is. I showed my, my daughter loves Rob Lowe because she loves Park and, Parks and Rec. And I showed her, like, you ever seen young Rob Lowe, Addie? She goes, no. And I showed her, and she turned <laughs> as red as that towel. I'm like, yeah, that's Rob Lowe. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Lowe in the 80s got it done. Yeah. Before, before the uh, hotel room in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. And Eric Nestorenko plays yeah. his father in that yeah. movie, like, mm-hmm. teaches him how to fight. Keanu Reeves. Patrick Keanu, Swayze. Keanu Reeves. Patrick Swayze. Uh, Steve Thomas is in that yeah. and is, like, an extra. Blackhawks legend. Yeah, Steve I, I think Youngblood is in my top three. I think I have it at three. Okay. Yeah. But young, it, it, young young blood missed me. I have seen it though, but it missed it missed gripping me. The the hockey movie that gripped me the most as a kid was Mighty Ducks. Yeah, early, early '90s, like that was right in my wheelhouse. Still one of my favorite. I would put that in my favorite sports movies list. Okay, not just hockey. I ruined Mighty Ducks going back and watching it as an adult. Why? I mean, because it, it just didn't stand up to you. It, it didn't. It was like I loved it as like a 14, 15 year old yeah. and then I watched it as like a 35 year old. I was like, that's kind of stupid. Like, <laughs> I should have just left this alone. Like, I should have just left it in my head as what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the first one is still good. I don't know if it needed all those extra ones. First one is The first one is the best of the three. I, yeah. uh, I don't know sure. if I've ever seen the third one. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't third one is when they go they go to like a prep school. Yeah, I think I missed that. By that point yeah. I had aged out of yeah. the, the Mighty Ducks Thing. You'd have been in your. I was like, eh, no, no chance of nudity. I'm out. I'm not watching <laughs> no. this. <laughs> no, no nudity that, in the. I was Ducks. at that age. There is nudity the way, though. You, know, in, uh, you mentioned the thing that shocked uh, Stacy about Slapshot. The thing that surprised me about Slapshot was finding out that the naked woman in that yeah, movie was Ralph's Ralphie's mom. mother. From, yeah, from that, Christmas that, yeah, that traumatized me. The first time I realized who it was, because I mean, I'd probably seen it three or four times and just was like some random actress, and then. I connected, I connected the dots and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. I had oh, a different no. feeling than that, but it was, a, it was a feeling of shock. That's for sure. Well, it definitely changed the way I watch Christmas Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to stop the conversation there because there's Perfect. a couple ways I can go that I'm not going to because I'm an adult. My, I'll, I'll bring it back to the, to the PG uh, range. Uh, my third movie uh, is, is Miracle. I, re- I, re- I really like that yeah. movie. Obviously, it is very... Uh, Americanized, from from you know for that that it's propaganda tale. film. It's it much. basically <laughs> is it's Disney American propaganda. Yeah. But I I really like it. Uh, I'll if anyone ever wants to watch Miracle, 
like on a team like team bus, you know, oh, yeah. down to to yeah. a game. Put on Miracle. I'm totally fine with. That's it. my number two movie. Uh, that's my number two. I love that movie. I know it's got a lot of historic inac- inaccuracies in it, and it, it plays you know, it up. But it's it's a great movie, and and some of those scenes, like the whole Bagsgate scene, is great. Again, again, mm-hmm. you know, yelling. What do you at the play guy, for? Yelling at the guy to yeah. turn the lights back on. Like it, it's it's a great it's a great movie. It, it's one of those very few that are like. Only about hockey yeah. movies, uh, and yeah. I would think. Uh, but my honorable mention uh, is uh, Mystery Alaska. I, I enjoy Mystery movie. Alaska. Yeah, that's a good. It's movie. a good one. It's a l- not the greatest acting because I feel like they had to hire a bunch of hockey players to like fill the roles. But Mike Myers in that is really funny. <laughs> is like kind of a Don Cherry ish character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a like a Don Melrose, I guess you would call that no. that character. <laughs> that's, um, that's a good. That's a good there's good hockey it. scenes in it. Burt Reynolds is in it. Yeah. Like, that's just real. It's, it's underrated. Yeah. For sure. I'm going to go with the greatest hockey movie ever made is Most Valuable Primate. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's just a classic. I don't know of if course. you could ever top a monkey playing hockey, but yeah, no. Um, I, I'm going to put Mystery Alaska over Miracle. Okay. Just be, I just feel like it's so, like, it is so Disney fied. Oh, it, it is. Yeah. 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 And where are you guys at on Goon? I never saw it. I, I saw it. I can see why a. A certain section of hockey fans really like it. Yeah, it it was fine. It's not at the top of my no. list. I gotta see it again. I've never seen it. it again. I think I aged out of that movie. Like when it came out, I was like, okay, I, I'm over. <laughs> I'm over the American Pie thing. So should <laughs> that's wh- it. So should what's his face? Like, yeah. like is he gonna be playing Stifler till he's fifty? That's it. There's a period of my life sad. where I need no more Stifler and in that, my life. Yeah. But then I miss. But then he was in Role Models, which was really good too. So anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta watch Goon again. Uh, can I count like does Shorzy season one count? I love Shorzy. I like Shorzy better than Letterkenny. As a show, yeah. That's I mean, it's just it's a, I know. I, it's I it's a hockey better. show for sure. Yeah. All right. Sorry, that went long. It's Go ahead, one. Sarah. All right. Do you think the Blackhawks trade for Matt Murray, 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 Murray? Murray. Um, and what else do the Leaves have to give up to shed that contract? If the Leaves keep Murray, Murray, I don't Murray. know. Why I keep doing Murray. Murray. How on earth are they going to be the cap com- complaint? Compliant. Compliant. Compliant uh, by opening night. Well, the answer to the second part of that first, don't care. This is from. This is from. This <laughs> they're only. Is from they're only, they're only on nine the million over the cap. Then. Yeah. I. I no, the Blackhawks should no, not. If they were going to do no. it, they'd, they'd have done it. I think you can't bail them out with bad goalie contracts two years in a row. Yeah, and that's. It's a horrible look for for Montreal or uh, for Toronto. Uh, hey, they've got their first this year. Yeah, but if they want to give up a first plus, the Hawks say okay. They might get out of money in a different way, with all the villainizing of William Nylander that's going on. Yeah, the the smear campaign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I that that is a an interesting um, tire fire to watch from afar is the eventual downfall of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's it's fascinating. We talked we talked about it. What was it last week? Yeah, uh, pretty in depth about their whole situation but they're gonna need to shed a lot of money and no Um, one has taken matt murray without getting something juicy mm and with it right everybody knows because they know yep how many times it's going to be tavo teravinen to get rid of brian bickle's contract because everybody knows you know he who shall not be named painted himself into that corner numerous times and it cost him and it didn't take uh brad tree living very long 
to paint himself in a corner there because mm-hmm. he had to have both Todd Bertuzzi and Max Tomi as opposed to just yeah. one of those guys. Tyler Bertuzzi. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say Todd Bertuzzi and Ty Domi. I was like, so well, I got oh, one of damn. them, right? I, the, this is what happened. That's turn, turn, turning the clock my, back. My brain is still stuck in the 90s. Yeah. It's just always is. Why not? It was a good place to be. <laughs> Whatever. The last name's Bertuzzi. He sucks. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what the first name is. There you go. <laughs> All right. What else we got, Sarah? All right. We got a personal journey. I'm curious about your CHO journey. When you look back on the last year, plus what has the journey been like for each of you? From the Kyle Beach scandal to the tank season to Connor Bedard, what has it been like for the three of you? All right, here's, here goes the last 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was really. going to say, that's a deep question. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about it all in the lead up to the draft, how basically when we launched... Uh, the focus was the Blackhawks are going to go into a tank mode. We didn't know exactly what it was going to entail, but it was uh, all for the goal of restarting the franchise and hopefully restarting it with Connor Bedard. And um, now we're here. That 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 achievement has been uh, checked off of the list. And I think you know going through you know all the. All the off-ice things, um, that, that's definitely something that hangs over the Blackhawks still. Um, but I, th- I think through last season, uh, we've all kind of got through it. I think, I, I think landing Bedard and, 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 and realizing that um, the upswing for the team can be coming quickly, I think has kind of, for, for Blackhawks fans, uh, eased a lot of stress anxiety tension um things like that so and to to have done it with with you guys with chgo i think is is incredible um i i don't want to do anything else uh in in in, you know career-wise i don't want to do anything else with this i'm not qualified to do anything else with this so (laughs) um, world needs ditch stickers too yeah i would i would i'll work on the lumber yard um yeah, I, I, I think what we're, what we're building here, what we've built, what we've what we've experienced, what we've gone through, the CHGO community that is that is growing, um, it's incredible. So I, I'm I'm happy to to be here with you guys, with with the whole crew uh, working with CHGO, um, and I'm looking forward to the next next season. It's gonna be it's gonna be even better. Yep, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm super excited about what we've built through one full season and and where we're headed just as a show and as a company um you know a lot of people last year were like oh man you gotta how do you watch this team every night Mm -hmm. and it's like well it's what i've wanted to do for the longest time plus we really got it was a bad season but we got so many cool moments like yeah you know, being there for the Stanley Cup banner raising in Denver. Yep. Uh, we got to see Alex Ovechkin score a hat trick for eight, become the third person to ever score 800 goals. That's history. That's huge. We yep. got to see that. Insane. You know, game. Jonathan Taves' last game mm-hmm. as a Blackhawk, probably last game in the NHL. And, you know, he, he almost scores that goal in overtime. That, that oh Kane's last game where he probably, you know, he did score, but it didn't count. Like yeah. craziness. So Mar- many cool Mar- moments. Marion Mar- Hosa's jersey retirement. Yeah. Marion Hosa's was, uh, sitting here with us. Yes. I mean, that was awesome. And, you know, Marion Hosa's jersey retirement was also on the same night 
Malkin, what was that, his, his 1,000th game? or 1,000th or game, yeah, I think so. They, they all did the, the stretch routine together yes. on the ice. Yeah, like, right. we've, right. So we got to see a lot of cool moments. We got to cover the draft together. I think yeah. I could speak for all three of us when, when I say that we've grown professionally. We've gotten better at what we do. I, we've built really good chemistry over, over the past year and a half and just – the audience is getting bigger and bigger and it just it's going to continue to rise as this team gets better and now i mean shit i get paid to watch Connor bedard play hockey yeah that's crazy it's, i got yeah. nothing to complain about yeah <laughs> i gotta say too like echoing what all you guys said of course like i agree with all of it but like there was a point where i was leaving the score i was starting my new job at wbbm and the kyle beach scandal was kind of like in full blast at that point and and depending on what had happened, I was kind of ready to walk away from doing a hockey podcast anymore because I was just like, I started a new part of my life. This is not going to pan out for me career-wise. I've already written a book. I've had all my moments at the score when they were winning cups, but now the arrow's pointed down. Interest is at an all-time low. Maybe I need to just kind of give up this dream and move on. And I was very ready to do that and had Hio Shinapini not resigned we all know what that actually was mm-hmm. and all the fallout around it gone that way. I might've walked away. Um, and cause it was just, I didn't want to talk about it anymore cause I was so infuriated by what had happened, but the organization did what they could do short of firing the owner, which you can't do. Um, so I was kind of back and then all of a sudden I get a call from Brandon like, Holy cow, this is not dead. Yeah. And especially the timing of it where the Hawks were as dead as, they, as they've ever been for this opportunity to come, it was a huge, huge um, leap for me, you know, because I had just got it prom- promoted at Odyssey for the first time in 20 years, and I was all settled in, thought this was going to be the next 20 years of my career, and I, you get, I'm just glad I answered the phone, yep. you know. And uh, I I told Rick on the MFAT podcast this week that all the management clothes I have are gone. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I got rid of all my button downs and khakis. Like, ah, I don't need that. I don't need them anymore. I got my three pair I got for our draft trip, and I'm good to go. Um, <laughs> I, I want to be here until the day I retire. Yeah. Yep. So it, it's it's great. And like you said, Greg, like we are now getting paid to watch Connor Bedard. And I think when you saw our reactions when the Hawks won the draft lottery, yes, it was excitement. That the Hawks are going to be relevant again, but holy shit for the three of us professionally, yeah. it's massive. It's yeah. massive. And we've seen, like like Greg said, like the numbers have gone up and up, especially since winning that draft lottery. The the Haw- interest in the Hawks is back. I don't want to, it's not like it was during the three cup runs, but it's on its way. And it's as soon as Connor Bedard gets yeah. on the evening news and YouTubes and TikToks and everything of some crazy goal he scores. They're going to be back in a big way, and yeah. we're going to be right in the middle of it. And if you missed the latest episode of Every Shift that came out Sunday, we are all over that video. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. every piece of analysis that you hear from like disembodied audio, that's one of the three of us doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. some, someone with the Blackhawks uh, editing team was scouring through our podcasts. A lot. Appreciate it. Hey, <laughs> so yeah, it also hurt, it also helps to be the only show in town when on draft lottery night and draft night when you're the only pod the only live podcast talking about the Blackhawks. Yep, they're gonna listen. Yep. Um, Throw a little it, uh, bug up there next time, though. Yeah, a little yeah. Cur- courtesy of CHGO yeah, that'd be, that'd be Blackhawks. Great. That'd be good. That'd be good. 
be we'll, we'll work we'll work it out with the right channels yeah, yeah. that'd be, that'd I, be I, helpful though i want to sh- I, I did want to share um that's part of the, the the story of the the journey for us and and, and uh at chgo and i don't know if i've if i've said this um on the show before but when you know when this was all before this was all started but you know this was launched in march of, of 2022 um in uh in february i i was working for um bleacher nation uh with their blackhawks coverage and um i had i got a, a a twitter dm from jay and we had interacted a few times before we we knew we knew yeah. each other we knew of each other uh in in a little little ways but um you you reached out to me and, and you said like hey if this guy brandon calls you take his call and i was like all right that's weird like <laughs> I'll, i got i sure i guess i'll do it and um and yeah so i ended up you know when i was talking with brandon I, as he was going through the spiel of, of what he wanted CHGO to be and the Blackhawks coverage and everything. And he was like, you know, I got, I got some guys, you know, some other people that are going to be involved in it. Jay Zawaski being Greg Boyce. And I was just like, yeah, uh, I was just so caught off guard. Cause I was like, this sounds like exactly what I want to do forever. And with people that I would trust to do it. Like yeah. it, it was just such a interesting, like it all happened in like one night where it was just like, you know, you reached out and then Brandon called and I got off the phone. I was talking, I was talking with my wife. I was just like, is this real? Like, did that all just happen? Like it was such a, such a weird experience. I literally signed my contract with CHGO in the press box at Allstate Arena covering a Chicago Rockford Ice Halls game. Like I had no idea what was going on in the game because I spent the first period and a half talking to Brandon and finalizing this deal. It was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. When I, when he first called me, I had COVID. And I was kind of like, ah, I, I, I think when you work in media as long as I did, you get a lot of like, hey, I got a great opportunity yeah. for you. I get those all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not feeling great. Let's catch up next week. And he was persistent. And I'm so glad he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. And that, I mean, that was tough. That was a very tough decision because uh, there have been things in this town that launched and then very quickly failed. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of friends as victims of that, like Webio and 92 yeah. 92.9 the game? Whatever it was. 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 88. Whatever it was. 89? 80, whatever it was. Yeah. It was low on the... 88.7. And guys found out they're going on the air like that. Yeah. So that was definitely in the back of my mind. But this Sports has been... Squawk. <laughs> this has been everything that's been promised. And, uh, and more. And more. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just want to give a quick shout out. I don't know if I ever told this story on the air. Probably have. But I, I really was look at, hoping to meet Elliot Friedman at the draft. Yeah. Because <laughs> I need to... Like, I don't think I'd be sitting here without him because the day that the, the Kyle Beach stuff broke, the the investigation came out and we learned everything. And Kyle Beach had that great interview with TSN. I was about I was like you. I was I was done. I was like, what? Like, how did the, how did this get through everybody? And like, I don't want to spend much energy talking about this team anymore. Like, I just it, everything about that was gross and it hurt. And and I put something out on Twitter, and then I get a DM from Elliot Friedman saying, "Hey, here's my number. Give me a call if you got a chance." And I'm like, "This isn't real." <laughs> but no, that was back when blue check marks actually meant something. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to quickly verify <laughs> it was real. And I call this number, <laughs> and 
voice picks up on the other line. No doubt, that's Elliot Freeman. You know his voice. And he's just like, hey, you know, I saw your Twitter note. Someone brought to my attention. And he literally sat there on a whatever night of the week it was, 11 o'clock at night, so past midnight Toronto time, and talked to me for like 10 minutes just because he was like, hey, we need people like you that are passionate about this. He's like, I'm doubting myself too. I'm one of these people that ignored it for 10 years. We all got to kind of come together. And that just like inspired me. And then five months later, here we are. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's the, the hockey world is a very small community, but they definitely have your back when you need it. Yep. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, all right, Sarah, what else we got? I know I have to almost shed a tear back. Do you want to share your story, Sarah? <laughs> well, mine's mine's super short. I mean, this was I mean, this is the first job I had post college and the fact that I was able to have a job lined up after graduation was phenomenal. And I mean, having this job has not only made my resume look awesome, but it's also, it's connected me to so many people in this, yep. in this industry. And especially as, as a woman too, it's, it's hard to get my foot in the door. Yeah. And I mean, Jake was the one who reached out to me when I was in second semester of college. And so he like called me and was talking about it. I flew in and like interviewed and blah, blah, blah. And then, I mean, I've learned so much here and I love coming and everyone here who works here is awesome and I mean there's so much respect for everybody and yeah it's it's a very cool place to work at especially being young it's and I know we have interns this year too and I keep telling them I'm like this is like the best internship you will have (laughs) I'm like it's laid back you're gonna learn a ton and it's great experience and you're gonna network like crazy and it's it's just such a good experience and it's awesome for all ages the element of like it being a startup and the the bond that we all form of like, it's one thing if you join an established corporation. It's another thing as you come into something where we're all kind of fighting for the same thing to make this work and make it take off. Everybody's on the same page and uh, everybody really wants this to succeed and we all love it. And it is like a kind of a family here. And I'll just say for you, Sarah, as someone on this side of the production side uh, for the first time in my career, when you are sitting in that chair, I feel very confident. And Good. I know the show is going to be handled well, and I know everything's under control. And that, as a host, is like the most valuable thing. So mm-hmm. thank you for everything you do. We can thank Lawrence for that too. He trained me sure, in those yeah. early days. Yeah, no, well, and, we um, trust you more than Lawrence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank Especially you. Especially when no. he's had some of that Vietnam coffee. Vietnam, oh coffee. my God, he goes <laughs> crazy during that. Cool, man. Well, yeah, no, appreciate right. it. Honestly, yeah, see, it shows great. Love Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, all right. All right. Good sorry. question, Michael. Let's start hugging yeah, people that, on the way back to my car. Say I'm, I'm emotional now. All right. The All next right. question is from Nathan. Can you guys? Oh God. Can you guys possibly see Tyler Johnson traded at the trade deadline to bring back assists as he is on his final year of his contract? Yes, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Five million yeah. bucks uh, at the end of. Uh, you know, by the time the deadline runs around, it'll be pocket change. The Hawks can eat half of it to make it work. Yeah, they, absolutely. They've got two retention slots still left. So, you, you know. Imagine one of them will be maybe Corey Perry or, or Nick, Nick Foligno. Foligno or, or Tyler Johnson. Tyler so, Johnson could be a candidate. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's also a guy that you could, I could see sticking around because he can, when he's been healthy, he's been effective. Yeah. And he's a guy that I, I think now has been here for a little while. Um, has some, you know, some pull in the locker room as far as, you know, a, a guy who's been there before, you know, been, a, been a, a, a cup champion, two-time cup champion, you know, had a long career already. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that's definitely worth keeping around, I think, for, for guy, especially for a guy like Connor Bedard. Like sure. Tyler, Tyler Johnson's a guy who, who had to 
you know, learn to kind of change his game as his career went on. He was, you know, a high point producer, skill guy early on, had to kind of fall back into a, a lesser p- production role, but still find his way in the NHL and do it as a guy who's undersized. Like, I think, you know, it's not a sexy name to say Tyler Johnson is, is mentoring Connor Bedard, but there's hey, something he can learn from. There him. was a five-year period there where Tyler Johnson was – a damn good hockey he was Braden Point before Braden Point yeah yeah he was, was one of the Lightning's best players for a few yeah, years that 2015 cup run he was Stamkos and Johnson were the top two yeah producers and then he got you know shuffled down the lineup as they got some more talent there but yeah I I, I think he's definitely a guy that they could trade but I don't think he's a the guy they trade for the sake of trading him I also wouldn't hate if they brought him back on like a two-year extension. No, I sure. think he fits yeah. that fits that team. You need yeah. you need those those. You're building a culture, and he's one of those guys that have laid the foundation of that yeah. culture. So let him stick around and and, and reap the benefits from it for a little. Depending bit. on health, if he has another year where he's, you know, Got missing 30, 40 percent of the games, yeah. then you probably want to spend that money elsewhere. But yeah, I like him a lot. All right. All right, from Windy City Hawkeye, who I know is uh, he's in the comment section today yep. as yes. well. Yes, a loyal, um, loyalist. Could we see the Blackhawks rotate the third A this season by giving it to a different player each month, like what we saw in 07-08 when there was when there wasn't a captain, but this season, but this season have two full-time A's in Murphy and Jones. Yeah, I, I think all that stuff's sort of on the table. Like the home and the road captain is something they've done before. Yeah, the home and away. Yeah, alternate yeah. They, captain. Speaking of Tyler Johnson, uh, he was he was part of part of that rotation. I I feel like in years prior with with other teams, um, we've seen them you know not name a captain but have like five alternate captains. I know only two or th- well three if you don't have a captain can wear a letter for each game. But I feel like that that could be. A possibility where the Blackhawks don't name a captain, but here, here's Connor Murphy, Tyler Johnson, Seth Jones. Uh, who else would fit that bill? Jared Tenorti wore a letter last year. Yeah, occasionally. So is that in the remember J- when file? <laughs> we might as well put it there. You know, Jared Tenorti uh, is is a guy like that. You could put I, a letter on Hall. Nick I was going to say Hall, Felino, Perry. You could put a letter on yeah. all of them, and and it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me at all because those are guys that fit that that kind of role. Um, maybe in the last few games of, of in March and April, Connor Bedard's wearing one. Who knows? Like, yeah, it's it's it. I I I feel ninety nine point nine nine percent confident that they will not name a captain. Um, if they until, do, it's Bedard until next season. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, they're not going to do it before before, before the season. You can't do that. Knowing uh, knowing Luke Richardson, he'll leave it up to the players. He'll leave it up to the room. Yeah. What do you guys want to do with this? Yeah. And he'll go with that. Smart. He 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 said exactly that uh, at development camp, as far yeah. as naming a captain. So it's not his call. It's he's going to leave it up to the players, yeah. which is where it should be. All right. All right. The last one, Matt at, Bus, at best bus. roads stadium slash town to catch a Hawks game. I haven't been to all of them, like many of our fellow beat writers have. Um, I have not been to many. I've been to maybe eight or nine. Road cities. I'm trying to. If I can go top of my head, I've been to Columbus. Been to Columbus. I sat right Tampa. in front of the cannon. I will never go back. <laughs> uh, Toronto, Boston, Rangers. 
I was at the Joe, but not Little I, Caesars. I was at the Joe. Dump. I've been to whatever St. Louis's crap hole yeah, is I've called. Been there. It's whatever Enterprise Center. So whatever, whatever it is, it is this year. Yeah, I would it was, say it was the Savis Center the last time I was there. Go see a game in Canada, because it's yeah. just a different feel all around. It's an event. Yeah, you know, like you walk up to Wrigley Field on a game day, and it's an event. Mm-hmm. That's I, how hockey is in Canada. My two favorite road destinations for uh, for hockey games: one is because of the arena, and one is just because of the overall. The best road arena I've ever been in is the Excel Center in St. Paul. Oh yeah, awesome I want to go there really facility. badly. He- heard that many times. Great, yeah. great, and you've got Tom Reed's hockey bar right across the street. Tom Reed. Tom Reed is a former Blackhawk, Minnesota North Star. He's their radio color commentator. You could see his first NHL contract uh, with the Blackhawks. He's got it framed. It's right there on the wall. So you can read. He he once told me that... at the, because you had to pay for like your own broken sticks and everything yeah. back then and he was late for a few flights that by the end of the season he owed the Blackhawks like $17. <laughs> he paid the Blackhawks yeah. for his first there's year. A lot, there's a lot of stories. When I was writing my book there were a lot of stories about that. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Jack O'Callaghan? No. Which which eighty? Which 1980 Olympic team? Uh, Jack O'Callaghan. Jack O'Callaghan, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's who it was. I guess he... They gave him like a Blackhawks jacket to wear at the press conference, and then it was over, and they're like, "Give the jacket back." <laughs> it's like, really? But Billy Ray, the coach, would uh, every Christmas would buy the player skates. That was like his thing. That's awesome. So, um, but the the XL Center is fantastic. What I love about it is their standing room only seats are behind the last row of the 100 level. Oh, oh sweet! You're awesome. not because it's weird when you walk in. It's like this huge concourse, and then the rink is below you. So you like walk to the edge of the concourse, and they've got and standing room only is also assigned there. Like the, they have like bar tops at the, behind the last row of the oh. 100 level, and they have numbers on it, and you get assigned your standing room only. So you're literally just like hanging out in the concourse watching the game. That's sick. It's a lot of cool. And uh, my other destination I recommend for everybody: not the arena is not great, uh, but Gotta go to Nashville. For Nashville's fun. Nashville is just such the a fans fun are town. idiots. It doesn't even have to be for for a Hawks game. Just go well, there for a game. Well, they won't let you in if it's a Hawks game. Yeah, they they let a, they let in a lot for the draft. Yeah, uh, they didn't. They had they having issues keeping the red out uh, mm-hmm. on draft night. Yeah. Um, but it's a great town if you love music, if you love beer, if you love barbecue. Uh, even if you're not there for a hockey game at all, just go and hang out on Broadway for a couple of nights. You'll have a blast. Yeah, it's a great time. That's for sure. All right. Well, thanks for all the great questions. I mean, we got a ton of them. Needed two shows to get to all of them, but a couple longer form ones. So yeah. we appreciate that. We're going to do it every Monday. And if there's anything left on Tuesday, we'll get to them. That's for sure. Leftovers Tuesday. couple things. So we're not, we're not done yet. Stick around. I want to remind everybody that the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses and the communities they serve by helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Yep. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities such as 
uh, for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Tell me more, Mario. I will tell you more. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy, also known as Monergy, today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? Comed.com slash poweringbiz is what I said. Schedule your appointments today. Yep, going to need that energy efficiency as everybody is jacking up the AC for the next couple of months. Yes. Mm. But when you're leaving the house from the cold comfort of your air conditioning, you're going to need some gear built to last in order to take on the sun. And that's where our friends at Shady Rays has you covered for this warm summer that lies ahead of us with their premium polarized shades that come at a very affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've ever worn, but I say they're better than any of those expensive pairs. Durable frames and extremely clear optics, perfect for any and all outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses that's shipped is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair even right out of the box, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair. (coughs) Excuse me, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back much, much long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to their nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pay pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, but you're going to, trust me, exchange them for a brand new pair or you can return your pair for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. And exclusively for our wonderful, gorgeous, lovely, nice I'm kissing up to you guys. CHGO <laughs> listeners, Shady Rays is giving you their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs of their polarized sunglasses so you can finally try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. You know what's not rated five stars? The Cubs or the White Sox. Oof. However, yeah, maybe combined. CHGO <laughs> events are five stars. Going mm-hmm. to the ballpark on a hot summer night, five stars. Yep. CHGO Sports is taking over Guaranteed Rate Field and Wrigley Field for the 2023 Crosstown Series. Join the CHGO White Sox and Cubs crews. July 26th, Cubs at White Sox Guaranteed Rate Field. 7.10 p.m. is the first pitch. We'll be in Section 529. There's a pregame meetup at 4 p.m. at the Carrig Pub that's on 147th Street in Oak Forest, where it will be shuttled to and from Guaranteed Rate Field. Then the Wrigley version, August 16th, White Sox at Cubs, 7.05 p.m. Pre-game meetup 
at 5.30 at Bar TBD, one of my favorite Wrigleyville bars. Each ticket purchase comes with the new CHGO baseball shirt, south side or north side, based on preference. Shirt and size chosen at checkout and order confirmation. Let's see which fan base is more diehard and sells out the takeover first. Mm-hmm. Go to allchgo.com. Again, go to that events page to get your CHGO Cross Sound Series takeover tickets. And if you're a diehard, go to that diehard tab and you'll be able to find your tickets in there as well. So we got the golf outing coming up. That's coming up uh, in August. That's August 25th. And then we've got the two Crosstown takeovers, July 26th and August 16th, allchgo.com. And if you want to go to two or three of these events and you're not a diehard yet, that diehard membership's pretty much going to pay for itself when you go to a couple events. So check it out, allchgo.com. We hope to see you at all or several of those events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a fun time. Can't wait. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow at 2 with what? Stuff and things. I don't know. Something will happen. Yeah. We got a plan. We know what we're doing. (laughs) If not, we'll do the color draft. Very carefully planned out. We'll have a uh, most valuable primate watch along. Yeah, we can do that. That's fun. (laughs) That's fun. We can do that. All right. Just sit for an hour staring at Marion Hosa's abs. We could do we that Marion Hosa Ab Show. We did that for Sarah a little bit agrees. Yesterday. She's yeah. in on that one. Well, I saw that random photo that popped up, and it was I had it in preview mode, so I was looking. And I was like, "Damn, I was like, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> what is that?" <laughs> that's everybody did that. It's okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's 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 Hosa. That's why he's a dummy guy. Proper, proper reaction. That should be the cover of NHL 24, by the way. Put it out there now. In 25 and 26. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow at two. Again, thanks to Sarah for running the show. Talk to you tomorrow on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.